1: Welcome to another edition of WCN-TV. I am Rob Hugh, and I'm going to be guest hosting today for uh, Mike Heath. Uh, normally, it's supposed to be the other way around, but my honestly, my work schedule has been so incredibly busy that Mike has been gracious enough to sit in for me for quite a while now. But um, we have a great show lined up for you today, folks, um, and I'm very excited about it. It's going to be kind of a reunion for me. Uh, with an old friend. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, It's going to be educational. It's also going to be inspirational, as you hear an amazing testimony. We're going to be talking about communism, which is now being openly advocated for here in the U.S. Um, Before we get into that, I'd like to uh, just run down a few things um, related to that. Um, now, this was, um, these are just a few of the points that were written into the con- uh, Congressional record back in 1963. Um, these are the, were at the time, the current communist goals for America. And it's an excerpt from uh, the book called The Naked Communist. And let me just go through some of these and you can see how far we've come. Uh, Provide American aid to all nations, regardless of communist domination. Promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. Demand that it be set up as a one-world government with its own independent armed forces. Resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Do away with all loyalty oaths, such as the Pledge of Allegiance. Capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. Use technical decisions of the courts to uh, weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. How have we been doing on that with our courts? Um, Also, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Use student riots to foment public protests. Infiltrate the press. Get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, and policy-making positions. Also, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Folks, I'm reading from uh, the current communist goals from back in 1963, and um, we're gonna continue here with a few more. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, meaningless art. art. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools. Discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations, on a worldwide basis discredit the american founding fathers support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture education social agencies welfare programs mental health clinics etc infiltrate and gain control of big business transfer some of the powers of arrest from police to social agencies Discredit the family as an institution, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. And create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition. That students and special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. So, I would say we're seeing all of those things taking place in our world today. It's uh, it's a shame, but those were the Communist Goals for America uh, written into the Congressional Record back in 1963. Well, our guest today is Pastor Alex Romanoff, and uh, I first met Pastor Alex about 20 years ago. We were good friends, and I had the privilege of getting to uh, know his family very well as well. We haven't seen each other since he moved to South Carolina to pastor a church there, but I was able to track him down through some friends and he graciously agreed to be the guest on today's program. Pastor Alex was born and raised in the former Soviet Union. He and his family came to America in 1998 with only what they were able to carry on the airplane. He didn't speak a word of English, but he worked very hard to learn it And then integrate into American society. He also taught me a good Russian accent, which I probably won't do for you today, but I can do it if I have to. (laughs) So Alex served as a pastor for many years. He's now working as a chaplain in South Carolina. Pastor Alex, it's it's so good to see you again and uh, You know, I've thought about you many times over the years, and uh, I'm glad we can finally reconnect. Welcome to the show.
2: Good afternoon. I'm glad to be with you, Rob. Thank you for inviting me. How are things in South Carolina? Uh, Good weather. We're still living in a sinful world. Everything is going on different, not the same, but like a sinful world.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have some photos to show you, uh, to show our audience and maybe we can kind of go through these as you kind of tell us about your life in yeah. uh, in the USSR. Um, i glad to
2: do this, yes.
1: Yeah, well, if you can see the photos on the screen there, you can kind of tell us a little bit about each one as we go. Uh, I think first, first up is, is that's you with your parents, right?
2: Yeah, for some reason, I cannot see on my screen, but I can, if you tell me what I will describe,
1: yes. Okay, we have a photo of you and your parents, your mom and yes. dad.
2: Right, my mom and dad, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rob, I would like
2: probably first before i talking to um, express my apology for my English, and I'm still learning English, and I uh, could do some mistakes sometimes. Uh, And people in Southern place of United States, when they hear my voice, because when they look at me, I dress like American. I eat American food, I'm driving American car, so I look like American until I open my mouth. So immediately they ask me, oh, you have accent, where are you from? I usually answer,
1: from Wisconsin. (laughs) Because I you, love English. In Wisconsin. You betcha. So, hey, it, you betcha. There. You of... got go a good Wisconsin accent. I yeah, was all, I, yeah, we I think love English
2: it. in Wisconsin.
1: So, yeah, I was born in
2: 1953. Actually, when Stalin died, then I was born in the same year um, under the communist regime in the Soviet Union. Yes. Into Christian family. This is what i I'm important.
1: And, um... Now, tell us about Christianity back then. In well, during the during the uh, communist rule, um, there was a state church, was there not? The communism, it actually was like,
2: from my point of view, I would say it also was religion in in different way for them because they, you can compare it with the Bible. What they have, like they have their commandments, they have also a holy place, which was Lenin and Mausoleum in Red Square in Moscow. They have some rules, what to do, how to do, all of this remind me about religion just without God. Like the Karl Marx, when he was um, reading his book about ideology of the communism, after he left the church and this was very close to many point in many points to the Bible, uh, because he actually wrote his uh, work as dissertation based on Gospel of John chapter fifteen and uh, verse four, when God said was or Jesus said, "Without me you can do nothing." It was really amazing. But then he left the church and was criticized the church, and finally when he was in England, he became the atheist completely but he wanted to build the kingdom of heaven without God. This is what I compare, this was a religion for, for many people. But us as a Christian, we were underground. We we can have like openly church services. Even we build some small churches, probably you see the picture there show like normal house. They belong to somebody, but we, have church services there, but sometimes they destroy it, like they put the bulldozer on the place or bring the bulldozer and destroy the building completely. And we rebuild it. And some baptism we were done also, I believe I send you a picture. It was like in the mountain in remote place. And me as a young boy and other boys, we were like watcher to see the police will not come because if they see pastor will baptize, they put past the prison. It was it was from one side was very very tough to live under communism. From other side, the church was very strong in unity and beliefs and also
1: supported one another very strongly. Very strongly. How did how did you find one another? Um uh, being that you had to be secretive about about the meetings and, and things, uh, the photo there is is uh, some church mm-hmm. folks, I believe. Yes, yes, very close
2: to one another, sitting like.
1: Why don't we uh, Why don't we show the one uh, rebuilding the churches after the government destroyed it? Um, yes, there we go, little children. Yes, uh, yes. Building, building with bricks.
2: Building so. with bricks. Yes, it was very. And you know, we're building like over one day. Everybody will come together, and uh, everybody already before they come together, they know what going to do. So usually the police on a Sunday or weekend they will not really so active, and in one day they will be rebuilt completely.
1: Wow, wow. Yeah, it was amazing. We have and it so easy here it. in America, don't we? Pardon me? We have it so easy here in America, don't we? Yes, yes. We, we, we don't know how good we, could we still have it.
2: It's the blessing to have what we have today. I would say what we have before, when I came, it was different uh, than it's today in the United States. Yeah. It's changing. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, not in the better direction, it seems to me, going
1: opposite direction. Yes. Tell us about your, your father. He was an engineer, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a builder. He was engineer. And he was
2: a preacher as well. Uh, he preached. He was not a pastor. He was not ordained minister. He was a lay pastor or lay preacher, I would say. Mm-hmm. And he, he preached really very well. So I remember many, even my friends that I know today, they still remember his sermons. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, he was working very hard to support family because my mom, she mostly was staying home with the children and she was typing with a type machine, using the type machine, typing some Christian books, we have to put blankets on the windows and on the door that nobody can hear. Even they even come close to the house, they can hear that somebody working because easily go to prison if the police found out that somebody
1: doing this. Mm-hmm.
2: Tell this us about,
1: was... Tell us a little bit about your, your time in, in uh, school. And Oh, uh, well, and... this
2: uh, school was very tough, uh, <coughs> I tell you this, because number one, didn't have uh, a chance to choose which school to go. There were only one um, which belonged to government because the whole education system belonged to the government and it was not like private or Christian school at all. So, and I have to go to public school, which was Atheism and, and and communism oriented, and it was not easy for any Christian children to go to school. But because my um, let parents... me
1: let me just briefly interrupt you, if you can put that photo back up that was just sure. there. Uh, that's yes. that's one of the schools. Uh, that's a photo when you were thirteen years old, um, and I believe that was the first time you were arrested for your faith.
2: Right. 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 Okay, and have been arrested um, in a classroom in front of my classmate, and it was very like shocked and confusing for me uh, because you know usually police arrested somebody who is a criminal, and you know the, my friends that didn't know what to think of me in that moment, um, and it was not. Easy, i tell you openly my feeling was really uh, troubling and, and i was thinking how we come back if i would come back because the what the government authority doing in this case when they arrest somebody or take children it's mean their parents will be arrested and put in prison and children will be sending to orphanage house and trying to educate him completely different. So against the God, against the Bible and uh, all the religious will be um, uh, like present like the opium for the people. Uh, And they were trying to push me very hard that I will testify against my parents. Like they were pushing me to pray, they were pushing me to read the Bible. Against my will, they were taken to some church service in the mountain, the forest, or some other place. This is what they've been doing. So I was by the Supreme Court for three hours. And next day, they, they, my father been arrested. But also this experience was very important for me, for my spiritual growing, because that, first time i start praying like i never prayed before and i would say i switched from my parents faith to my personal faith and start really have um real connection to god this was also positive experience for me even it was very scary and um, the ideology was to the whole class every children at school has to wear uniform and the government was trying to do not just to wear uniform that we all look alike but also we have to think alike they were teaching us to think in just one direction it's there was communism ideology and the atheism ideology so in this in the and that time for me was very important to start praying to god directly and have feel this personal connection with God. It was like positive experience for me. But At school, it was a tough time. It was like humiliation and hostility a lot, especially from the teachers, from some children as well. But for teachers, it was always initiative to present us as the believers, uh, stupid people. Not well educated. I remember one time was I was in a class with all uh, my classmates. Teacher came and she said, "Only stupid people believe in God." Her argument was the Yuri Gagarin, the first astronaut in space. That what she said. She said he was in heaven and didn't see any God. And then she said, only stupid people believe and said, thanks to God, we don't have many. We have only one in our class. And she pointed her finger at me. Um, so this is what was the life in a school for Christian children, for Christian young boy and girls. You always feel like you do not belong to that place. You don't belong to a group of people. You always feel yourself like, you know, you're different. You're not accepted in the society. You're somewhere on the side, not the part of all classroom. That's what well, I would say. I was really you know, alive for us.
1: We we know that uh, God works all things for good to those yes. who are yes. called yes. according to His purpose and. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I I would say that you wouldn't be the person you are today if you hadn't gone through those experiences. And and you can empathize with, with people that have gone through similar things, so.
2: Yes, yes, thank you for this coming, yes, exactly like it is, yeah.
1: So, um, you were eventually uh, sent to prison, were you not? no i was not i was wow. not even my father was released
2: um you know here is something very interesting i would like to share maybe when this uh, judge was talking to me and he was really uh was angry at me and show his uh, really i would say he didn't appreciate me at all as a person as a student and He was very rude to me as well. And um, then he asked me one question. He said, tell me at least if you have one hobby that you really likes to do. I said, yes, I do. I play football with a team. And of course, I have to say football, it's what we call in Europe football because Americans have different football. They're playing with a hand, but they call football, right? Right, <laughs> So, right. it's the soccer, what I play, and I play with a team really, and I was very good in this. And he asked me, he said, okay, in which team are you playing? And I named this team, and he said, are you sure? I said, yes, yes. And he asked me, so why did you go lately? And we did go to another city, play football with another group of young people like we are. And, and he asked me a couple of questions. And you know, later I found out that his two boys, two sons were playing in the same team that I was. Wow. And we were friends. And I believe somehow God worked through this that he became more sympathetic to me, to what been done. And I believe the next question, when he um, asked me about the teachers and and the subject, and I was good, except one. Uh, It was Russian language and literature. And this one, I was not so good because teacher always trying to put me down. And she was a wife of the KGB agent, and she allowed to do herself like maybe somebody else will not even thinking of that. And he asked, um, he sent somebody to school and they brought the journal of the last year. And when he looked page by page, he found that I was really good in, in math and history, geography, all others except that subject. And he became somehow sympathetic to me after that. So I got always so close to his people. He always do something very amazing to people who stay faithful for the face and, and not really give up this is what I would testify today.
1: And um, well, I guess I, I was mistaken. I, I was thinking that you had, had spent some time in a, uh, in a labor camp, but I know that your pastor did. And um, yeah, I, I believe your father-in-law, uh, Mikhail Kulikov did as yes. well. He did five years
2: and the pastor, 10 years, and my, my uncle, two years.
1: Yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll show some photos of, of some of the Soviet prisons.
2: hmm
1: um, Yeah. What was it like there? What was it like uh, for the people in those uh, camps?
2: Uh, it was um, tough to describe the life there they were working very hard, not enough food, not enough time to sleep. And if somebody got sick, it's most of the time they will not survive. And um, some people, when they came back, they will be sick to the rest of their life for one or another illness. They usually got in the prison and uh, most of the prisons were really in Siberia were very cold, not all of them, but especially like labor camp and somebody like political prisoners and some like who whom the government didn't trust it and they didn't trust to Christian people because they not follow exactly all the rules were they supposed to follow. And they were like, not trustworthy to the government and for that reason the most of them were sent to siberia were very cold especially in winter time like uh, 20 below 20 degree below uh
1: what zero to 30 degrees sort of more like more. what you were used to back in uh, wisconsin yeah <laughs> 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 only, only you didn't have to work quite as hard, although they did work yes, you pretty hard. Yes, here, it right?
2: was exactly right. Yes, yeah. it was very cold.
1: <laughs> they Long winter,
2: hard. cold winter, a lot of ice and snow. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Yes.
1: So, um, yeah. so um, tell, me, tell us about your father-in-law. He, he, he was such an impressive man to me, and, and I got to sit with him and, and hear some of his stories. Yeah. Um, and at, at the time, he was um, translating the Bible into modern-day Russian. Um,
3: yes, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, he, he was a very unique person, I would say. Uh, this was his dream to translate Bible into modern Russian language. But he was very, uh, I would say, in this area, he was very conservative. And he was very accurate in the translation, not just freely, but he was a scholar as well. He uh, also spoke, he, he died, but he spoke like Russian, English, German, and he was um, very good in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, when he was translating Bible, this is what he used, what Bible was written in Hebrew and the Greek and as new testament so he was doing this very accurate for many years but his dream was when he was a young man about 20 22 years and it's when he was in prison i believe he was arrested when he was 22 because he baptized some young woman and somebody reported to the government and he'd been arrested and put in prison for five years and he met there in prison, a rabbi, and he asked him to teach him Hebrew, the language, the Old Testament was written. And they spent together a lot of time, uh, like the rabbi was teaching him Hebrew. And he was doing this because he believed one day he will be able to translate Bible into Russian modern language. Because we have a Russian Bible that was translated in 19th century. And I will bring you one example, like Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 says, So God finished his work in six day, and he rested on the seventh day. And the Russian Bible, if you read, it will say like this. God finished his work in six day." six days and
1: he died in the seven days yes uh, I, I remember I remember him telling me that yes, I remember sitting, the- sitting on the couch in your living room and, and he was telling me those stories and, yes, and um, yes. he would work um, tirelessly in a, in a tiny upstairs bedroom uh, right. w- with a little lamp on his desk uh, translating the Bible and I um, just uh, uh, very much admired him um, yes. He, uh, I, I was able to watch his funeral. It was it was live streamed uh, on the internet right. some years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, felt very close to him.
2: He was a great man. Yes, yeah. I always admire him and respect him dearly.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did your parents come with you when you when you came in nineteen ninety eight? Uh, my parents
2: died, both of them. Uh, my mom died when I was 18, and my dad died when I was 27. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: And, and what part of uh, the Soviet Union were you, were you living in?
2: Uh, mom died when I was still living in Tajikistan, where I was born. It's former Soviet Union. And my father died when we used to live in Tula, it's the Russia, uh, not so far away from Moscow. And my okay. childhood was in Tajikistan, we're bordered with uh, with Afghanistan. So this place where I was really grew up among the Muslims people. So I know well, um, uh, Islam's religion, not just by reading, by
1: experience as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, we need to take a, uh, a two-minute break here. But we do have a studio audience uh, joining us today. And so after the break, um, if any of you would like to ask Pastor Alex some questions, uh, get those ideas ready and and we'll bring you in right after the break.
4: All right. Have you been looking for a trusted, long-term, storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables and meats are suitable for everyday use and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Right now, Amazon Prime members will receive fast two-day shipping. Go to simplycleanfoods.net. That's simplycleanfoods.net. But do it today.
3: At the McLario Firm, it all starts with family. We're here to serve you and your family, online or in person. Call today for a free consultation. The McLario Firm, your law firm for life. Start.
1: Pornography is a destructive force. It destroys individuals, families, and fuels the out-of-control demand for sex trafficking. Forty-five percent of Christian families say porn is a problem in their home, but why aren't churches and public schools talking about this? Fear. People who view porn think they're the only one. It's a lie. Statistically, more people view porn than who do not and struggle in silence www.lynfrederick.com. You can find the book I wrote about my own battle with porn and the presentations that I do for churches and public schools. LynnFrederick.com
4: Tired of bad news? Do the teenagers in your life need a break from social media and mind-numbing entertainment? Wouldn't it be great to inspire them to connect with God and others and to live outside their phones? The Off the Itinerary series by M. Liz Boyle does just that, and reviewers love the blend of adventure and Christian themes. Readers enjoy the action-packed stories and relatable characters. Go to mlizboyle.com for discussion guides and purchase links.
1: Okay, welcome back, folks. Um, We are with Pastor Alex Romanov. Um, He is uh, an immigrant from the former Soviet Union. He's been a pastor here in... uh, uh, the US for the last 20 some years, and uh, he is now a chaplain in South Carolina. I met him when he was in Wisconsin, and this is kind of a reunion for us. We haven't seen each other in about 20 years, so um, uh, it's uh, it's it's a fun day for me. So we're going to ask our studio audience if anyone has any questions or if you'd like to join in. Um, there is a little bit, uh, th- there's a little Uh, red microphone, just that will unmute you and you can, you can ask away. Celia, I see that, I see that you have uh, unmuted yourself. Welcome. Oh, but I can't hear you. Can't hear Celia. Hello? Oh, that's that's the... Uh, this is live TV, folks, so it, you know, anything can happen. Let's, let's try Harry. Harry always has a comment for
3: us. Well, almost, anyway. You know, with uh, the way the churches fell in line a year ago, I mean, they, they fell over each other to, to get in line. Very, very few stood up and... and stood by the Bible and by our Constitution. Do you see that is falling right in line with what Russia did?
1: Pastor Alex? Uh, There was breaking up. I didn't hear really. If you would repeat, Rob, please. Um, uh, Harry, Harry, ask your question one more time.
3: Okay. you know with the way the churches here fell in line when the government said you have to close uh, you know they, they they just they fell over each other to get in line first so that they were good citizens or something some dumb thing uh, is that somewhat the same as what happened in Russia where only a few churches actually stood up and said we're gonna stand by God instead of you
2: um This was a little tough for me to say here because the reason what was uh, uh, in this time and this year, last year, it was like uh, the reason for COVID uh, and a little different what was in Russia. In Russia, they did directly. And I believe maybe it's different here uh, because, um, you know, you used to live under freedom. Uh, Russia was for many years under the, the Tsarin regime and then came the Communist regime. So there was not much difference and the freedom was not experienced by people. The, and I believe the Kamenist government, they used this experience and very strongly forbid it for churches to come together and worship together. So even when the Brezhnev came and it was, more or just i would say it was a little bit freedom was giving to people but always undercover i i would say kgb agent was there and you know in my home they were sent three times and and we have seen this especially the last one it was even living in my house and we did know that so this is what only difference i can see here in the experience in our life like was in Russia and here maybe it is the test right now The testing the churches could be but I cannot be sure for one way or another way uh, but I believe um, the government trying to really to testing us as a Christian what are we going to do if they will say something different to us if it's not today, they will be a little later, probably. This is what I see. It's really going to that direction to, to see how churches really follow order from the government. This is what my answer would be in this point.
1: Yes, and, you know, under communism, they really have a vested interest in stamping out Christianity, don't they? Yes, right. So, uh, Celia... Um, if you can hear me, um, and if your microphone is not working, if you would uh text me your question or your comment, I will be happy to ask Pastor Alex for you. Celia is uh was instrumental in helping me track down Pastor Alex after 20 years, so uh, we definitely thank would <laughs> appreciate having her comments. So, yes, um, uh, anyone else, uh, uh, Dick and Deanne, Tamara. Uh, Dick Peterson anyone else in the audience have a question you're, you're welcome okay well let's uh, let's move on and if, if you folks have questions uh, coming up we will uh, we'll get back to you uh, during the break pastor was uh, telling me about uh, how his father would would uh, uh, take the, uh, the writings that his mother was uh, typing and f- uh, form them into books. Um, yes. How, how, um, how did that go? How, how did that work?
2: Uh, usually he'd been doing this at nighttime when we are children were sleeping. Uh, and one night I, w- I have to go to restroom and I saw something that I never have seen before. And I saw my father was on the floor bounding these books, um, you know, what my mother was taping on the type, uh, what is it, typing machine. And I've, I saw that I never have seen, uh, because I know when the police will come and found out some book like this, that there will be, that will be it. So my father will go to jail and my mom, and we will be taken away from the parents, from the house and i saw something i never could even imagine you know by the windows my usually our windows and the doors were trimmed with such a decoration trimming around and one of them on one side was open and i saw the shelves in the in the wall and the books were there uh, because I know somebody came to our home and they were taking some books, and I was thinking where they were taken from. I haven't seen these books in in our house, but it's something very interesting. And I found that my father was so smart enough to do something like this. And I believe when police would come, they also would never imagine that somebody will build a shelf in the wall and cover it with such a wide. Decoration, trimming so around the windows and the doors, and full of them were the shelves where my father was hiding the books there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and when he saw me that I found out what he had been doing, he told me, uh, said, "Son, uh, you you have seen that probably have not to see, but I have to tell you what is it and why." And he told me, "If police will come and found out, he will be arrested, and I will go." And I was like a partisan, really saying no one word to anybody till later. <laughs> so, but this is what we've been living under communism. And mm-hmm. I know one time, like police came to our house, middle of the night. And I was scared because we're well, really like, you know, they were knocking on the door with a fist, with something really heavy that I, I was really scared at that time. And the Bible they were reading in the evening before we went to the bed was stay, uh, laying this on the table. And, and the father was not able to hide this. And my mom, she put behind the mirror, you no know, like standing mirror on the table. The old fashioned mirror was coming from my grandmother. And she put behind this standing mirror on the table, and the police was searching everywhere and couldn't find, couldn't see. I was able to see. If you just look a little bit on the side, you will (laughs) see the Bible there behind the mirror. Hmm. But they couldn't see. So God many times protected us and many believers that uh, knowing the situation, if if they will took the Bible away they will be not possible to find another Bible for years. So this what um, in this in that difficult time we have seen many miracles from God. This is what yep. I would say.
1: And and Thanks once again, God. you know, we 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 don't realize how good we have it here in America with the Bible available so freely available. Most homes have multiple copies, or or you can get it on your phone uh in yes every translation you might
4: available. want
1: you know yeah. every everything available and uh yes sa- sadly That's most right. of them are just collecting dust so
2: yeah we have to read the bible we have to read not just right. you know when i went to army you know uh, rob this is what i did uh, because i know i will be not able to see the bible and I took small notebook and put the address there. And uh, you know how I was like, probably I put the name like rope pie. And I said, the street. Street is John Street, home number three, apartment number 16. <laughs> uh-huh. And the whole this notebook with my uh, notebook with the address was full of the Bible verses. Of course, some of them were real addresses, but some of them was just like this. And this is how I was able to remember Bible text, God's promises to us, and in- encouragement in the tough time. Uh, and then that's what God gave me wisdom. I developed this uh, method for myself, and then I share with others. And it was really, really blessing to me to have like, like this Bible in my hands when I was in army.
1: I can imagine you. You had told me a little bit about uh, the construction battalion in the Red Army. Um, right. Maybe you could share that with our our listeners. Uh,
2: let me first share why, how it did happen. That I uh, been sent to this construction battalion in Red Army. Uh, before you go to army, and this was obligation for every boy when we reach eighteen or nineteen, and and it was. Um, mandatory so but before you go you have to be checked by the doctors and the by political leaders and the army officers and you go through all the doctors in underwear and nothing else like you're almost naked just underwear all that's all and the last uh how would say last office it's what the all the officers the the communist leader was sitting there and, and the political leaders as well. And they will ask you political questions and they will check your loyalty to the Soviet army and the Soviet Union. So, and you enter this and you see some maybe ladies sitting there, maybe not many, but some of them. And of course, then officers, the, and then the communist and the... Uh, this party leaders, the communist party leaders were there. And you in underwear standing there. And they check, check on me. And then I said, may I ask you a question or said, yeah. I said, I would like to say here that you will know it's important that I'm a Christian, I'm a believers. They looked at me, all of them immediately, all of this. I see the eyes was like string to, to me, a young boy, like 18 and a half, 18 years and six months or something like this. And they really start asking me questions, uh, so many questions. And Rob, can you imagine this is first time in my life I was preaching and I was preaching in underwear and I never (laughs) prepared for this. And I was really quoting the Bible text and, and telling them why I believe and how I believe and what is it. And, and I didn't know at the time that God called me to be a preacher. And, and this what was first experience in my life. And of course, they sent me to this construction battalion because they usually were the criminal and the people who were not loyal to um, the Soviet uh, um, ideology and the communist ideology. And they were like, I would say uh, because they were looking at them like not worthy at all. And they send it, uh, Christian people as, as well to this construction battalion. And I was, as a young Christian, decided I have to go there because then you will see, you don't need to take weapon in your hands and and for me it was also important not really do this and i explained him why i'm i'm not taking this weapon in my hands and 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 this is what my beliefs in that time and i really was blessed to go it was not easy i would tell it was not easy but later even criminals their people the young people they were really very kind to me and some of them little by little came to me and asking me to pray for their mom or for dad or for girlfriend. Uh, like say, Alex, can you pray for my girlfriend? Something going wrong there. I would like you pray. Or somebody will come and said, and you know what's interesting? The first who came to me was a criminal people. Somehow they did believe in God. In all this, what they have done wrong, they still believed on God. And this was really an experience for me, trusting God more and more, and be all the time, show by example and life that I do believers, and I believe on God, even in this situation, even sometimes it's very tough, still be faithful to God and God's principles. And they respected me very well. And later, some officers were really uh, trusting me to to leave me alone in the office and do something, and they were not afraid that will be something missing after I leave. So there was a blessing as well in 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 this construction battalion for me as well.
1: Well, that must have taken incredible courage at at the age of 18 to um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: profess your faith, um, where you knew what the consequences were going to be. But um, I, I guess you, you could say your first ministry was a jail ministry <laughs> in, in some yes, ways. Yes, you're right. And uh, um, you probably felt a little bit like Joseph. Yes, exactly. The story what my
2: dad told me when I was young, when I was a little boy, the story of Joseph and David and Paul and Jonah, they were staying so clearly in my memory was helping me a lot, that's true. This mm-hmm. is what I would like encourage parents today, just teaching your children, by example, in the reading Bible, telling the story, the story that really helped a lot in our life, even during today, uh, I said, till today, during my life, the story from the Bible, were helping me a lot.
1: Yeah, and uh, that is so incredibly important, uh, folks, to, yeah. Uh, train up your children uh, to know the Word of God, to memorize it, and, and it will serve them well their entire lives. Amen. Um, my my little story from when I was, I think, ten years old, doesn't come close to comparing what you went through. But I think my first um, Bible commentary that I'd ever written was when I was 10 uh, for a school assignment. And um, it, we, we, were, we were assigned to write a book report, and, and the deal was we could write it on any book we wanted, anything we wanted to write on. So I wrote on the, um, um, on, on the book of John chapter 3, and I did a very good job. I, I typed it, Um, It was, you know, meticulously typed and edited, and I'm 10 years old, and um, I think it was about 15 pages long, and um, other kids were doing green eggs and ham and things like that, and uh, scribbling down, you know, a half page, and that was their book report, and and they were were graded well on that. Mine came back with a big bright red F on it. Underlined twice by the teacher, and 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 she wrote inappropriate. Uh, mm. and underlined that twice, so I, I failed that, and that actually was one third of my, grade when I was ten years old. But, mm. um, so but yeah, uh, wow. yeah, the but things we learn when we're children, um, right. of The things that God, are you know, they they stay with us, and, and they they make us who we are. Mm. So. Yeah. But you came to the U.S. In, in 1998. How how? Tell us about that experience. We're down to about five minutes, but I don't. We mm-hmm. have more than we can probably get through here, but.
2: Yeah, um, first of all, I would say very. I'm very thankful in my family, to American people. They accepted us, adopted us in the society, and were very, very helpful. So they brought us some, you know, some, some family brought us a sofa, some other brought us a dining table with a chair, somebody because we came here just with two suitcases, It's all. And, and it was so was touching to me. And I was sharing and I share even today, you know, when the communism collapsed, we didn't have uh, food in the stores, the food stores. So it was shelves empty We couldn't find something to eat. And suddenly we start getting some uh, packages and boxes with the food from the United States. There were rice, there was some other food. Uh, There was like cookies, uh, oil, sugar, uh, chocolate. It it was American for us was so touchy in in the Soviet Union and I'm sharing with people today and I'm saying to them, you know, in heaven, somebody will come to you from Russia and will thank you because angel will show. We're always asking who was so nice person who sent us this package. And we're eating, we save our lives and somebody will come to you and said, thank you. Because of, of you, I was surviving that time. So what you've been doing so with love, with a compassion, sending to us and to other people in the world this food. This is such a blessing and thank you to all American people who've done this. I'm till today, I'm very thankful. And I was touched, and I never can forget. So before I came to the United States, I've been touched by the American people. So and today I would like to say, stay faithful to God stay faithful to his principles be kind to people love them and praise god for everything what you have today it is a blessing it is the lesson that strength of faith and relationship with god because god said what you have done to little one you done it to me and that's what i will say again in the name of many many russian people to you all americans thank you you've been blessed us and remember you are blessed and you are blessing stay faithful to god this is what i would say today and i'm so fortunate today doing my ministry as a chaplain i'm so blessed to do this to help people when they're sick or when they're dying and especially to my supervisor leslie Youngward, she was my supervisor she gave me a lot And thank you, Rob, to invited me to share with you my stories. I really do appreciate. Thank you.
1: Well, you know, I have to say the media likes to divide us, and uh, they like to portray um, the Russian people as our enemies. And, um, you know, we we have no animosity toward the Russian people. Yeah. Um, There may be... um, conflict between governments and ideologies and things and like politician. that but, but but yeah but we love the russian people we and, do um, yeah. and um and i do
2: also love yeah. and a lot of people love you americans as well yeah. and i'm today i'm russian-american so i am. i don't lost my identity but
1: i'm american as well yeah <laughs> So have you been back uh, since you've been to the US have you have you traveled there? Sure, back? sure. I, I do go back to Russia, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, still have family there. Uh, my uncles, aunts
2: and and some cousins, yes, but my immediate family family is uh, here and my older sister she passed as well.
1: Mm. Yeah. I remember your uh, your nephew came over while you were living in right, Wisconsin and right. And we, we helped him learn a little bit of English. So
2: Yes, right. Thank so, you. Thank how's you. he doing? Oh, he's doing good. He has his own business. And um, he lives in Seattle. So he's really happy and blessed.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, great. Great. Wonderful. Well, yeah. Pastor Alex, I'm, I'm grateful that you were able to come on today. Anyone in the audience have any final questions? This is the last chance. We're down to about 30 seconds. Okay, now we're down to about 25 seconds. <laughs> so, All right. Anyone who would like to contact Pastor Alex and uh, get some, some, um, give him some comments later, you can email him by emailing me, and I'll, I'll forward your message to him. My email is rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com. And uh, if you'd like to send Alex a message, I will, I will make sure he gets that. Um, Next week, we have Mark Sutherland joining us from the UK, so we're going to be going across the sea again here, but um, um, welcome again to uh, WCN-TV. I'll be with you next week. No promises once we get into April, but I'll be here next week. (laughs) So thank you. And Pastor Alex, God bless you and for all the work you've done for the kingdom. Bless All of you. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.